right, here we go. Uh, first of all, I want to I want to welcome you to the uh, to our talking picture show, and uh, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor just to uh, just to sit across the uh, the country from you and, and do oh, this well, interview. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I so appreciate being asked to be a part of it. Uh, you know, and and we're going to talk about a lot of things, including the social ones, which is uh, uh, streaming right now on on most VOD. Uh, services it's a very very funny my friend Richard <laughs> Kind is in it and, and oh, he's I so great talk, I just talked to Nicole Kang and uh, uh, everybody seems to be uh, loving this movie who was in it so uh, was glad. it a was it a joy to work on it was it was great you know this is the first time I've ever acted as an executive producer of a movie as well and um which is considerably more stressful than being an actor on a picture because if you're in it you I mean you can love it or not love it, but when you're done with it, you're done with it. Um, and as an executive producer, you, you, you carry it with you for a while. So we were just so lucky to have somebody like Richard and Nicole and Peter and Deborah Joe. We had some really great veteran talent. We got, we, I think we got real lucky there. As an executive producer, I mean, is that a new hat for you to wear? Yes. And you know, the worst part of it is that you have to be a part of editing. And I hate watching myself on camera. I mean, I hate it. And there was a six day stretch where I watched the movie every single night and had to, you know, look at all of it and give notes, but look at my stuff. And I finally, I just said to my husband, I'm not doing this without a cocktail. This is just, ah, it's yeah. so bad. Uh, most, most editing is done um, with, with about three drinks and then right. seems to be okay. <laughs> minimum, minimum three drinks. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic Park. Everybody was, uh, the whole editing started. Everybody was hammered the whole time. Was schnockered. That's what BD says. Yeah, as we used to say. <laughs> uh, New York is, uh, are, uh, you're from Dallas. Uh, I am. What, yeah. what about New York attracts you? Well, you know, I moved with a production of Death of a Salesman. I had, I had gone to school in Chicago, and I was lucky enough to be in a uh, production at the Goodman mm -hmm. that was transferred to Broadway. This was almost exactly 20 years ago. And with it, it went to New York, and I went with it, and I stayed. I just never left. Death of a Salesman is a very hard play, excuse me, to produce. Yeah. Brian Dennehy, who recently passed away, was the mm -hmm. star, and he was phenomenal. And the show won five Tonys and it was the most exceptional way to move to New York. It was, it was incredible. It was an experience as good as it's ever been after that. That was a really special way to become a professional actor. You know, are those the stepping stones that people usually take? I mean, uh, from, from a young girl, did you, you know, do plays and then film? I did. I did a lot. I did a lot of theater and I studied it and I did it in Chicago. And then I was lucky enough to be a part of this show. But I think people are, there's so many more opportunities to make your own material now. The technology is, I mean, it's a completely different landscape for, for film and television. So I would say the stepping stone from theater to uh, camera is probably, it, it may very well work the opposite. Now you're, you're on something, um, you know, online or on broadcast or whatever, and then you have the opportunity to do a play. I don't really know, but mine was, um, mine was before the digital age. So that was, that was how I went. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, pre-digital. I'll, I'll admit it. Yeah, but but again, it's also different types of muscles that you use for Broadway. You're 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 speaking to the back of the room. For television and film, you're speaking to you know to yourself basically. Uh huh. Yeah, you are. Which do you prefer? You know, I, that's a tough. I haven't done a play in a long time, but every time I do a play, I think it's the best. It's an actor's medium. You know, you don't ever have to cut. You don't have to change the lighting. 
once the curtain opens, it's on. So I really, I've always really liked that. Um, that being said, you don't have the opportunity for certain effects and certain moments that, that you can do on camera. So I, they both have their merits, but I'm a little bit itchy to do a play. So right now mm. I would say a play. Talk radio was the last thing you did? I know. And that was, I, you know, I kept saying, oh, I just did it. I didn't just do it. It was a while ago. Yeah. And I, no. you know, I wonder, it's a, it's a tough time. It's a tough time for a lot of people, but it's a tough time for live entertainment right now um, for obvious reasons. So it may be a while before I'm able to do it. I have to say Brian Dennehy was, was a genius, just a, an incredible actor. I had an opportunity to talk with his, uh, she calls him her dad, but uh, Miranda Bailey uh, just <laughs> and um, it, he left such a legacy. Oh, did he? I mean, and he was old school. I mean, late at night. I mean, he played hard. He worked hard. He was very exacting. He was very demanding. And he gave twice as much of himself as he expected of other people. He was, it, it was a phenomenal experience to work with somebody who gave 110% every night. Every night. Is every film, every set an education for you? Yeah, it is. And that's, you know, what's so wonderful is that you have a completely different experience with a whole new group of people. Maybe it's, you know, 30 Rock and it's funny and maybe it's Death of a Salesman. It's decidedly not funny. And maybe it's um, the social ones. And it's this wonderful female written and directed, largely female cast. And they all have a different personality. And each one has its own wonderful thing to offer. And then they're over. And then you, you have to, it's like you have to start a family all over again. Mm -hmm. The idea of, of, of a film like Social Ones, I mean, there's a lot of improv that goes into that film. Okay. How freeing is that for you as an actress? It was really fun because, you know, I play this really stupid, really terrible therapist, Dr. Miriam Spicelli. She's so bad. And I'm, I'm happy to say I've had enough therapy that I had such a good time riffing off of her. I mm -hmm. thought it was a real, real golden opportunity. Um, that being said, I did do most of Laura's dialogue. You know, Laura Cosan wrote and directed it. And she was, she's got such an ear. So I didn't, I didn't want to stray too far, but particularly in the couples therapy scenes. Oh man, we went off. It was great. It was really fun. How, how did you end up with the executive producer job? Quite by chance. You know, Laura sent the script to me and she said, I think you should read this uh, and tell me what you think. And I thought, oh no, because you know, she, we were friends. And if you don't like your friend's work, what are you supposed to say? You know, I, I, I respect your vision or yay. But it was so funny. And I thought, oh, I really want to be a part of this. And she said, well, we'd love for you to be a part of it on any level you're comfortable with. We would like for you to be in it. And if you know of anybody who would be curious in producing. And, you know, just that day, I had received a check for the exact amount that it would be to be their co-EP. And then, you know, just be the only producers. And I thought, you know, this is a sign. I think I'll do it. And it was, I mean, I made the decision in 24 hours. That was that. Will you do it again? I would do it again, but you know, I, I definitely have learned my strengths and weaknesses and Laura and Danielle are so organized. And so basically I just had to call in favors and write checks and I, you know, I can do that. Mm. That seems to be my strength, not organizing. <laughs> it's a little bit of accounting and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, other stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to mention this because, you know, when, when young actresses take roles and, and they, you know, everybody goes through the counting of lines, you know, things like that. Uh, you had a very, you had a, you had a nice small role in the invention of lying, but your role was so memorable that 
nice of you to see. It's 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 the scene that I remembered the most. It's it's where Ricky Gervais kind of realizes the power that he has. It yeah, he's he's a god. Yeah. Um it's that was that was another really, really special, very gem like experience. And I enjoyed it. You know, if you're just counting the number of lines, I mean, you know, vanilla ice cream's everywhere, but yeah. you can you can have more flavor. Well, I, I you can you make know, it more interesting. In, in interviews I've had with some of the uh, the cast from Star Trek and things like that, you know, there's a lot of line counting going on. Well, he got three more lines than I did, oh, but I, I think that's the pettiness, you know, that that goes on after a while. But you took yeah. that role and really made it stand out. It's a movie in itself. Well, I will tell you something. Thank you, first of all, for saying that. Second of all, Brian. Dennehy told me this, you know, it was my first real job. I got it almost right after college. He said, let me tell you something about the industry. Somebody will always be doing better. Somebody will always be doing more. Run your own race, just run your own race. And so your job as an actor is to take whatever material you have and elevate it and make it the best it can be. Not to count how many lines you have versus somebody else. That's crazy. That's an education, you know, that, that a lot of actresses and actors uh-huh. don't yeah, really exactly. get right away until they've been in the business a while. And then they start to realize that there's an etiquette on set. There's a, um, a, a you know, just being grateful to be in a film and being a working actor, um, uh-huh. you know, is, is a reward in its own because you audition all the time. And uh, I don't know who said it to me. They said, you know, an, an actor is a professional auditioner. Yeah, that's, I can't, there is some statistic that says that for every 90 something auditions you go on, you get one. I mean, I, I you know, I don't know if it's true or not. I, I think we've established math is not my strong suit, but. Um, <laughs> You're an executive producer. Yeah, that was, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you audition? What's stuff? your preparation like? You know, I used to be really, really serious about it. And I wouldn't say that I don't take it seriously, but I think I've kind of overthought myself out of it. I think I kind of psyched myself out of it. I found when I relax and I just enjoy the opportunity, even for a few minutes to be another character, I tend to do much better. If I just enjoy the acting of it and not worry so much about getting it, um, it's better. Um, and, you know, at the beginning of this, uh, this, this very lovely interview that I'm having with you, you mentioned that your husband is kind of a tech person. Do you get along with tech people? Do you get along with the gaffers on, on, on set and the, and the crew people? You know, there's nobody who gets less recognition than they deserve than the people behind the scenes. I mean, for every one person on camera, there's got to be, again, my math, you know, is pretty crappy. <laughs> there's probably 20 people back there. I mean, somebody came and made the coffee, somebody's setting up the shot, somebody's lighting it. Somebody, I mean, they, they are there before you and they stay after you. There is no world in which I have a job unless those people aren't exceptional at what they do. So I would like, I would hope I get along with them, but if you do a gaffer interview one day, you may hear that they think I'm a complete psycho. You know, <laughs> uh, let, let me know how your crew interviews go. We're, we'll we're going to follow this up with a, a, a series yeah. of gaffer interviews uh, just about you. Yeah. Um, and speaking just about you, I mean, what's what's in the future for you? Are you uh, are you auditioning? Are you part of a, uh, anything coming up? Well, you know, I was supposed to go to Canada to shoot a movie um, for a lifetime, which I was really excited about. It's a very interesting role. It's on hold, like so many things. Um, the other thing I'm going to do, and I do get to do this, is I'm doing some voiceover for a show called Solar Opposites that oh. just dropped on Hulu for their second 
for their second season. And it does appear that sound booths are, are, are going to be up and running soon. So at least I'll be able to do that. I, I think voice acting is, is, is an amazing talent that not a lot of people really understand how deep that goes. My aunt was June Foray, who was uh, the voice of Rocky, the Flying Squirrel, and Natasha, and all of that. No. Yeah. So oh, I, that's I, a, I love voice gift. actresses. It's very, it, it's its own. I remember on talk radio, so many of the people in the cast were, were actual voiceover artists, and they are artists. It is not the same thing. I had a tremendous amount of respect for what they did. They, the manipulation of their instrument was yeah. far superior. It's something that, you know, a lot of them are born with, but then it is a muscle that they, they, they just make so strong by oh. constantly practicing. Uh-huh. And uh, also be able to tell a whole story with a voice is a huge, huge um, talent. I mean, aren't we learning that now by having to wear masks? How much your voice <laughs> ma- yeah, matters? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's its own special skill, that is for sure. Um, and in our final moments together, because I know we just have have just a, a little bit of time, because I could talk oh. to you for, you know. I could talk to you. I, this is delightful. This is one of the nicest things that's happened in, in a week. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, in, in preparation for this career, was it when you started as, as a kid, you know, saying, well, I want to I do this. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest wake up call you had, you know, with this career in show business? You mean at the beginning or just in general? In, well, you know, when you start, you get an idea that it's going to be one thing and then you start uh-huh. to realize, wait a minute, you know, it's, it's not what I originally thought it would be. I thought it would be more about acting and less about strategy and business. And I I learned on the later side, I would say that it is, you have to be as strategic as you are passionate about the craft. Mm. Um, I didn't set out to be famous and I'm not particularly famous, but what I didn't understand is that that it has a great deal of power that allows you then to be the creative person that you want to be. And that was a hard lesson to learn. I think everybody wakes up to that. There is a business involved in, in mm-hmm. this that you, if you're not wise to it, you're going to get screwed. And, and yep. that happens. You're, you're exactly time. right. Yeah. yeah, it does. Have, and that, you have to it be an my love for it. You do. You have to be an accountant. And you have to be a strategist. And that's not, that's not the strongest suit of most, uh, most creatives, I think. Uh, before I say goodbye, I, let's talk just a, a briefly about your charity as well. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, it's actually, I, I'm, I'm very proud of it. My friend, Melanie Dene started it. I, are you speaking of treats help? Is that yes. what you're talking about? So I, I'm glad to say that we are to some degree winding it down because we wanted to, we were taking um, donations. People were kind enough to send in buying food from restaurants in the New York city area uh, who were suffering and sending it to first responders and the healthcare facilities around the five boroughs. I'm really proud of how it has gone. I, I think we've done a great job. We always said we would work through the end of April. Now it's June, and we've decided in the next two weeks we're going to bring it to a close so that we can focus our fundraising on some some broader issues. Uh, you, you know, it's such an amazing thing to be able to give back and have that kind of – because it really is something that you get a lot out of as well by by helping your community, and it's something that everybody – who has that opportunity should do. You can't just retweet something. You, you have to participate in some way. And, and there's a way for all of us to participate that's a little bit more meaningful than that. And I'm really proud to have had the opportunity to do that. 
Stephanie, I uh, again, I could talk to you for a couple of hours. I'm sorry I get so verklempt because oh, it's, I'm delighted. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm a fan. I, I have to say that. But well, it's uh, quite I, mutual. I've really I, enjoyed your interviews, and I, I love the tie. Well, thank <laughs> the you tie so is much. Great. 